Welcome to the Geek Geek Podcast, where we're catching up this week. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beige. Again, but we're not mustarding or mayonnaising. <sighs> you used that. You've used that I know, before. I know, but I... Oh. oh um, so you were out for a couple weeks, and it's also the middle yep. of summer when, like, nothing new is releasing. Um, so we could have tried to make one of these into a bigger topic, but you and I both just have a lot of little things, so it's going to be yeah. one of those episodes. Um, and if there's any kind of main topic here... It's like, what do I do when I'm in a gaming slump because it's the middle of summer and nothing comes out? The answer is that I kind of flail around looking for anything to like latch my mind onto and like engage my brain with because I need that in my life. Um, I don't do well when I don't have something to engage my mind with. And, you know, I'm not really in general, uh, like throw whatever on TV type of person. It yeah. just doesn't work for me. It kind of drives me crazy to not be yeah. doing something actively. I have to be pretty, pretty purposeful in television and stuff like that when i'm doing just lying there not just throwing something on has never worked for me yeah so i mean you know that and that might be one of the reasons i don't really like rewatch and replay stuff very often is that the second time around it's like just not engaging enough because i've already done it once i don't know that's that's a side thought anyway we have a bunch of little stuff um but why don't you go first i know that i have a lot so i'll kind of scale mine to whatever time we have after that but you've been yeah. doing mmos still right so yeah unfortunately um i think i'm done with final fantasy 14 that was I keep, fast i log on well i'm just not in the mood for it it's a little slow and i don't really have any friends on there right now who i can do anything with and i'm in a really social mood so i've uh i'll probably join belgas guild again on uh not leviathan but on cactuar uh back or whenever i go back but i'm just gonna let my subscription lapse i'm gonna make sure my house is up and it's a it's still a great game it's just i don't care right now and i know i will i always do it's a fantastic game i also tried out adventure quest 3d now have you ever tried this game i don't even know what that is okay you would hate it okay well it, that's easy it is, it's a it's an early access mmo and it is cross-platform on steam and android and ios so it's an mmo like that and it is a very simple mmo and what i think is fun about it like i really like this game is that they do all sorts of holidays and events and things like that to keep the the players interested so instead of having all sorts of raid bosses and stuff like that which they might at the end game i really have no idea they'll have like a friday the 13th weekend where they uh, you go in and you can get this like collect this monster's uh, costume and it's this really cartoony like super stylized look that i like just because it's silly and it knows it's silly and there are jokes everywhere it's very self-referential and it i've for some reason, I don't even know how I got on their mailing list a long time ago. And I'll get these emails about these holidays that they do. I'm like, oh, that looks really cool. And I've never installed it and logged in. And just, you know, recently I got one back on the 13th. I got one that it was the Friday the 13th holiday. And I was like, you know what? That sounds really fun. And so you're going around and uh, what it was was you go around this camp called Camp Gotta, uh, Camp Gonna Get You and uh, there's this monster roaming around. There's a quest on checking on all of the horror movie tropes. It's talking about not uh, not saying I'll be right back. The, the promiscuous uh, teenager who is doing something. It's just uh, where they're making out. And it's just, it's hilarious. Like, they actually did a really good job. And so whenever I get emails about the holidays and stuff, I'm absolutely going to be logging back in on it. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Interesting. Okay, I'll have to take a look just because I hadn't heard of it. And that's weird when I haven't heard of a game and you've played it. So yeah, I'll, I'll take a look at it. But you've been playing mostly WoW? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's Discord and Twitter. That's that's whose fault it is. It it is Joe Hogan's fault from Geekitude is specifically whose fault it is. Uh, he started talking about it. Other people on the bloggist Discord and our Discord, we've all been talking about it. So, like I said last week, I, I bought it and uh, and reinstalled it and started playing. And in that time, I've hit one. 110 on my druid again and decided that that was what i was going to play this expansion um because 
I'm usually a priest. And so it's really engaging right now because I haven't done a lot of this content that's out there right now that I never got through the Argus stuff uh, at the very end, the last few content patches and saw the very end of the, the last few raids and dungeons. So I'm still going through this stuff and doing it as a different class this time gave me a different storyline for the artifact and, and class hall and all this. So that was a lot of fun. And there are a lot more community features that they've released now where you can have basically guild light called communities where as long as you're on the same faction you can group together you have a shared fact or a shared chat like a guild chat and you can invite each other to groups and then go adventure no matter what as long as you're in the same community in the same faction and uh, so i set some up for the geek to geek people uh that has that they're pinned in the gaming channel on discord and um then there's also BattleNet one where it's basically just a chat channel between anybody on BattleNet that you want and uh it's, it's really cool. They have voice chat on there, too, but I've never used it. And so that's got me talking with people. And between that and Discord and uh, all of that, it's kind of made me go all in because I remember how much fun it is to play an MMO with people. Um, I'm, I've been really bad about World of Warcraft over the past few expansions on just playing it alone and getting really burned out uh, after a while. And uh, as my wife said, getting really really in a bad mood because of it and uh it's because i don't have people around that's something that uh that this time i'm getting out of the depression well not getting out of the depression but i am uh working through my grief right now and uh part of that is needing to be around other people so this is a way that i can make sure that i am engaging and not pulling away uh and with the new expansion coming out and 20 days i think i saw online today uh it is uh, it's a great time to be able to have everyone excited about something and uh even though it may be the hype train and i'll get bored uh, eventually i know i will it's gonna be fun to actually play around with joe and uh, all of our listeners and stuff who are out there and uh, making friends and doing stuff together well it's good that it's working for you i mean yeah. that's the main thing because like you said you were kind of getting the sense that jrpgs were not starting to drag you down but just that they weren't the right fit right now that you like need mm -hmm. this shift like a change and yep. it sounds like you've made that and it was the right thing even if it is an mmo again but like you're making it social you're doing the opposite of what i'm doing with my free time i'm uh, so busy at work and then just like keeping up with everything around the house that anytime i have free time i just need like disconnect like i don't okay. want to talk to anybody that's not in my immediate family <laughs> like yeah if they are here and they live with me that's one thing but everybody else i'm like oh i just need i just need to be away from people but like i mean you've been connecting with people and you're kind of doubling not even doubling down but you said a long time ago that like you wanted to work on building like the network and yeah. the podcast and just like the community part and the outreach just because like you and I have talked and I don't have time. I would love to, but like I can't right now. And yeah, I mean, it you're seems... crazy busy. You got like 17 hour days. So yeah, I mean, a lot. That's, last that's week, not going on. Last week was nuts. But you finally kind of gotten to the point where it's like, OK, I'm going to do this for a while. And you've been focusing on that a lot lately, too, right? Yeah, I've I started blogging again. You know, I uh, I've actually relaunched my old Professor Beach blog. I'm not gonna you know update it every day or anything, but with Blogist, my whole thing is I made uh, a Professor Beach is awesome kind of a reboot uh, reboot of it, and uh, so that one's gonna be fun. Just a general pop culture. If I have something to say, I can say it, and I'm putting that under the Geek to Geekcast website. That way, it'll be something that we're putting out and kind of not necessarily. I don't want to say I'm representing the network at all, but any of the podcast podcasters who want to put something out on there there's content there instead of it just being the home page for our, our shows and, and links a link page basically and so i'm wanting to get stuff like that done on top of the uh, uh i've got my running shoes.tv blog and i always go back and forth i don't know between the geek fitness thing and that because i get really burned out that there was uh there's a bunch of drama in that sphere sometimes and it's really weird that there is but uh but i'm so i'm that may not necessarily be the uh the niche to go in but i like the pop culture thing and so with writing and doing all of that with bloggers getting all of it done it's like i really want these podcasts to grow like i really want the the network part of it to be a network you know like we're we're social we talk we get out there but i want to figure out a good way to really get our listeners to listen to the other podcasts i really want a way to get 
get the listeners engaged with us a little bit more. And so that's kind of why I'm thinking why I've got the Discord and the Patreon going a little bit now. They're actually introducing a lot more social stuff on Patreon right now where there's like a, it's called Lens. It's a Snapchat. That's basically all it is, is a Snapchat for Patreon. And uh, you can have that like as one of the rewards for somebody who drops a couple of dollars. You have this interactive thing just for that um where it's not much but it's just these small things i want to do to kind of get a bigger community involved in uh in all of our podcasts and try to tie us together more as a network and get uh i mean we have awesome shows but i really want there to be more cohesion between all of us you know maybe guest appearances whatever we do we're gonna have to have a staff meeting soon like joe said (laughs) yeah it's gonna come up soon and i mean we should say since you're talking about it it's an early spot we don't normally drop it in this quick but that's okay um patreon if you want to support us is patreon.com slash geek to geek cast and the network listen to the other things on the network i was going to say watch they're not shows but uh (laughs) geekitude with joe hogan and ray vargas they are going to be making the return to interview shows very soon i don't know if it's this week or like a couple weeks out but i know it's on the way and then tea time with katie and chelsea this week they did a whole episode on harry potter and just like the harry potter series and then they picked out um like strong women characters and featured them and kind of talked about why they picked what they picked it was really interesting because katie's like done super deep dive into harry potter on all aspects and chelsea was coming at it from like just the movie perspective so to get those two kind of perspectives together was cool yeah i was seeing that in the notes actually that's i didn't for some reason my brain didn't catch like when they had put the blurb up what it was and they were discussing it i didn't catch that it was specifically that that's a that's a really cool discussion yeah and we'll probably dive into patreon a little bit deeper in our thinking behind it uh, another week or two out we did that last week so we won't push it super hard here um and then the other thing is bloggist like you mentioned if anyone's interested in that it's kind of it's not part of our network but it's like it's friends of the network right like i i know those guys really well and you do through blogging too so if you go to agronaut.com you can see all of the stuff with bloggist and you can register there and you can get in there's like a discord and there's what else is there right now you know more than uh, i do because i've been uh, out of the there's loop. the discord and the one of the channels is a share your content channel where everyone is basically going in and adding everyone else to their uh, rss feeds and uh there's a spreadsheet linked in there that's pinned to that channel uh with all of the blogs on it and uh gg chestnut has made a on twitter i mean that's why i say it at gg underscore chestnut she made a twitter list of everyone so if you want to just follow the participants and mentors and everything uh you can go there and just follow that list that uh, it's really cool like this is it's becoming a great community over there and it's it's something that i'm wondering what's going to happen after august because sometimes these specialty communities that come together uh, if they're forums they kind of peter off that everybody stops posting after the event but with this being discord i'm not sure if they will i'm curious if this one's going to live longer because there's a lot of engagement on there more than i expected there to be and it's still a long time before actually the event starts well and belgast who's running it um or organizing it either way but he has a tendency to accidentally attract and create communities without meaning to so i wouldn't be surprised Mm -hmm. by that either just like looking at history yeah he does like people are are drawn to him like and he's a good guy i mean that that's why that's why we've said friends of the network and all of that so so and he's it's his guild i'm gonna join when i start playing final fantasy 14 again i was in there once that's the guild you're in when you play it i mean he he builds communities this is all true okay anyway sorry to do the plugs early but it just made more sense with what you were talking about um what else did you do this week i see a couple other things on here uh, so a long time ago this has been a long time but whenever there's a slump or anything um I'm, i'd mentioned finding that toys that made us uh documentary and so that got us really interested so we watched the funko a documentary on netflix making fun have you seen it yet no i'm not big into funko i've had a couple actually you and i were talking about this this week but yeah i've only ever had a couple funko pops and they were like a gift like i didn't go out to collect them somebody gave them to me and they were like game of thrones ones and they all just fell over all the time and i was like okay <laughs> well these things are cheap and I, I never went after another one after that they just fall right. over they all fall over i'm gonna send you a picture tonight i'm gonna tell you this right now on air that i have one of gizmo duck that 
that I just opened today. And you know, he's got that little unicycle wheel. Gizmo Ducks from DuckTales, yeah, yeah, if you I don't know. know. Um, well, you're not a cartoon guy. And so. I know DuckTales. I don't know. You okay. don't know Gravity Falls? Well, I know what that is. That's not. No, but DuckTales uh, is awesome. DuckTales is awesome. And so they released a Target exclusive. Uh, uh, Gizmo Duck a, a while back, and I grabbed it, and it is just that little tiny one wheel, and so it, it there's no way it would stand up, but it came with a with a stand now. So a lot of them that are having issues with standing and balance, they've started including stands on. Like all of the Star Wars ones just have a base. And I know I sent you some pictures of them where they they're just they all stand up now and. I don't have a lot of Funko Pops. I have a few, quite a few, um, but it's generally stuff that uh, either I've, I've been given them as gifts, they're stuff that I really, really like, or um, like the Gizmo Duck ones, like I just, or I can't find other toys of. That's one thing that I think Funko did really well and that the documentary really hit on is that they're making toys for people who love stuff and that while the Funko culture has gone like ridiculously large, I mean, people are paying for like, they complain in video games about palette swaps, but they'll pay hundreds of dollars for palette swaps uh, on vinyls. And, um, but it, it's crazy, but they're making enough toys that for things that didn't have toys, before we can finally have memorabilia i mean i have a gizmo duck on my desk right now uh there's a kamala khan standing uh in our living room and darkwing duck is protecting our television box i mean it's uh it's stuff like that where we have them scattered throughout the house in different places just like that like we have darkwing goslin and launchpad sitting in front of the cable box that uh where it's not even we don't have a funko wall we don't have these shelves and shelves and shelves of them they're just kind of placed randomly where you will see them when you're going around our house like oh there's star lord on that bookshelf and things like that where uh where i like them that way where i've gotten out of just having like all of my toys in one place everywhere and that's what you see it's uh it's weird that i say i'm going for a more adult kind of decorating where it's not all pop culture all the time but i still want the stuff that that represents me in there just just kind of intermittently mixed so funkos are great for that one i just like i don't do memorabilia like it's just not yeah. something that i have any i've never really been drawn toward and then over time as like my space has grown and shrunk and you move a bunch of times and stuff like yep. i just hate hauling stuff around that has no purpose so if something doesn't have a function that i'm actually going to use i don't really keep it in my house like i pretty much purge everything like a y every year or two anything that's not actively being used that's mine i just get rid right. of it because i don't want that like i don't want my stuff to build up over years and years and just take up storage and like i don't know and then i have kids kids have tons of stuff and it's everywhere all oh, the time Lord, yes so I don't need to contribute to that in my own house. You know, like I my have, kids do plenty of that. My niece and uh, her husband have uh, have an eight year old now. And it's really funny because they're really, really big geeks, too. Like they're who I go play D&D &D and board games with whenever uh, we do that. And it's uh, like their son and has all of his toys around like you said kids have stuff everywhere but the thing is they have stuff everywhere too because they're super geeks and it's just wonderful like you'll just see such an eclectic group like when you have that happen where they just like i want my stuff too uh it it can be like uh, i don't know in fuller house i don't know if you've seen all of it it's like the gibbler house like it's awesome Cool. Okay. Well, I mean, that's a valid approach, too. It's just not mine at all. Mm. But you like the documentary, right? And then you also I said did. that you were watching Glow on Netflix. I, Glow is the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. And I've talked about it a couple of times before, but I wanted to bring it up because Jennifer and I finished the finished season two last night. And it was one of the best TV seasons that I've seen in a long time that it starts kind of weak that we didn't know what exactly was going on, like what they were doing. And by the end of it, it was it was binge worthy. We were going through it and having to watch another one. And it it's just they have figured out with that show how to write characters. I mean, Jennifer doesn't like wrestling. 
at all. Like she does not like WWE. Didn't grow up with WCW and WWF. Nothing. Uh, she's never seen a wrestling show. She has never seen SmackDown or Raw or anything. And she loves this show. And the characters in it made her. As soon as the finale ended, we stood up and you know you go get a drink that kind of thing. And she just looked at me before we left the room and was like, "Put me in a wrestling move. Do a wrestling move on me." And uh, it was just like she has never liked things like that and for somebody like her to who absolutely hates it uh to watch this and get into it and start asking me questions about professional wrestling and how stuff like that goes it's really interesting how uh it kind of transcends that genre that yeah it's a wrestling show but it's not at all about the wrestling uh kind of like Battlestar Galactica is a show with robots that's not really about the robots it's really good I cannot recommend that one enough to people because it uh it is hilarious and uh if you watch Community you'll love it because Allison Brie's in it and uh, Mark Marin is in it. He's one of the main characters and this one has made me want to listen to his podcast and I've never listened to WTF and it's weird having a podcast that people listen to and never having listened to WTF uh, is, is probably a little odd, but it makes me want to because I, I like him as an actor but I'm not sure if I like him as a person because I don't know anything about him. Hmm, interesting. So, and, uh, yeah. Okay, well, that's kind of where your focus was the last week. I've yeah. been all over the place because summer, and, like, if I don't have <laughs> new games that are, like, engaging, I just start... I don't freak out, but I, I just, like... <laughs> I can just see you, like your eyes getting wide, looking around. Your lists are empty on Wonderlist. That you're just like, I don't have it. I don't have anything to do. I just, it, it's I, I, what, like what, what I can I feel the wheels just like free spinning in my head. Like the gears are just like nothing to latch onto, and I, I just start. I don't go crazy, but I just start to feel like really antsy for something. So I just need like anything, anything to engage my brain, please. So. I did a bunch of stuff. Um, I'm not going to talk about all of it because some of it is things that I just tried and bounced off of. And I'm going to high level a lot of it because there's a lot here. But let's talk about books first. So I read some okay-ish Star Wars books. Um, I read Last Shot, which was, well, both of these were like the Han Solo movie tie-ins. I finally got around to finishing them. So Last Shot was the one with Han, Lando, and droids. And it has like three different timelines that all go together and all tie into the same story with the same characters. And... I think that framing device doesn't work super well. And it's just like, it's not, it, there aren't good stakes. And the premise is really bad of this book. I think this is probably the worst book in the new canon. So I do not recommend it at all. Uh, I, I guess I'm glad I read it just because I'm always glad to keep up with all the Star Wars books. But then I jumped over to Most Wanted, which is the other tie-in book. And this is like um, a prequel to the Solo movie. And it worked really well, I thought. So it's about Han and Kira in Lady Proxima's gang. And like I said, it's kind of a prequel to the Solo movie. So it's what they're doing beforehand yeah. and like how they get to where they are in the gang and kind of just what life is like for them day to day. It's much, much better than Last Shot. So I can recommend Most Wanted over Last Shot easily. Do you have any that, interest in either of those? I am kind of interested in Most Wanted, but I'm not 100% sure because I didn't like the Coronet stuff on, in the movie. So I'm not really sure if I would like it as much in the book either because it's not... I don't know. There was something that's, that doesn't interest me about underworld type stuff. It's never been like, like in fantasy, I don't like assassins and things like that. Those kind of gritty underground um, thievery kind of books. And I don't think I would like it that much in a uh, sci-fi setting either. Yeah, you might not like that one then. Um, but the other thing that I read was the Adventure Zone graphic novel, which just came out. I and had no idea until I saw this. Like, how in the world do they have a graphic novel? That's nuts. Because they told the story. I keep telling you, it's not like all of the other live play D&D podcasts where people are playing a game. Like, it is a story that they're creating together. And I know that, like, technically every live play D&D is that. But this is more so. Like, I, I can't even... It's hard to describe without listening to it. But there is a story. And it's not that they're railroaded into it, but it's very narrative heavy. And the yeah. DM is, like, leading them down a narrative path, not in a bad way. So... In the end, they came out with this story, and this is the first graphic novel. They're basically doing one for every arc in the whole series, and they're just going to keep working on it. So the graphic novel is good. I mean, it's not as good as the podcast. Like, I love the podcast, but it was really cool to see this brought to life and, like, see the podcast but in book form, you know? Yeah, that's really... 
I, I, I just that it's hard for me to wrap my mind around having never listened to the show, but I think it's awesome that they did they uh, is it published through a company or did they do it themselves and put it out? No, it's like like you can go to Barnes and Noble right now and get it. Like it's everywhere. That's, it's on wow, Amazon. That's it's, awesome. Yeah, it's like a huge just regular graphic novel book release. Like it's well, I don't know if it's worldwide, but it's all over the place. That's fantastic. Yeah, so that was really cool. I did watch a few movies. So a couple of the like shut your brain off movies, even though I was trying to engage with them, but. I don't think these four, I'm going to ever watch any of these again. I watched Ready Player One. I watched Rampage, <laughs> Tomb Raider, and Pacific Rim Uprising. So Rampage is exactly what you think it's going to be. It's The Rock and it's giant monsters. Tomb Raider is another Tomb Raider. It's exact like there's no surprises at all. Um, Have you played the first Tomb Raider game that they remade here? Yeah, I've tried them all. Is is it following that story uh, from the first game in no, this movie? It's, it's kind of its own, but it's also kind of like it has the same tone and the same vibe as the new games. That's what I thought, because it looks so similar in tone that I was like, I didn't know if it was a retelling or kind of a, a offshoot. No, it's an offshoot. Like, you know, they had to adapt it for movies, but it's not surprising in the least no it's it's okay. just it is what it is i um, figured that yeah pacific rim uprising it was a little bit too much like giant mech versus giant mech and not enough monster for what the i thought the movie would be i think it was just an expectations thing there was yeah. a lot more like actual fighting other giant mechs which was surprising given that the whole movie is billed as like giant mechs versus monsters yeah and i was a little disappointed in that myself that was really the only thing that i was really disappointed about in it because i wanted it to be uh monsters versus i love monster movies i love big monsters and uh the the robot fights were really cool they were but yeah. it but it wasn't what i loved about the first one it just wasn't what i was expecting yeah. i think if my expectations had been set different it would have gone over what like better than it did that being said like the story is not that good and the premise is no. like, like it's i don't know it is what it is and it's then, not as good as the first one but it's really fun to watch yeah it was fun to watch once for sure right. and then ready player one it was okay like i didn't like it as much as anybody else that i heard from so i'm really <laughs> glad i didn't see it in theaters and i didn't come out with like super negative right when everybody else was so positive on it um I honestly think this would have been a much better TV show. Like, I think this would have been in terms of pacing because the pacing in movie form was not correct for this story. It just felt so wrong. Uh, this probably could have yeah. been a really good, tight, like 10 to 15 episode, one season on Netflix. And I think that would have been perfect. That would have made a lot better show. Like, that would have been able to tell the story a lot better because they had to hit so many plot points that they had to really, like I said in our episode, they had to kind of push the characterization aside. Yeah, well, and they changed entire points about the book. Like, yep. the lesson behind what happens and, like, the moral yeah. story that it's telling gets completely, completely twisted changed. and, yeah, like, it's... inverted on itself. And it's not the same. It's not even remotely the same when you watch the movie version. Mm -mm, not at all. I mean, I, I think I was talking about that during our Ready Player One podcast where it it feels as though they take the social commentary out of it and uh, just make it more surface level. Yeah, which was kind of disappointing for me because yeah. it could have been better. But I mean, it could have been also the first time that I read it, the book was right when it came out, which was like 2009 ish, maybe earlier, whenever it came out. And I think as like a uh, gamer culture, for lack of a better term, even though I hate that term, um, we're in a much different place now than we were then. So I even think if I just went back to the book or the audiobook, I would find it a little bit less attractive than I used to. I listened to it right before I watched the movie, and I still loved it every bit as much as I as I did the first time. Like it was still fantastic, even having everyone's like negativity in it. So I don't know. Well, I might give it a try. I mean, I still own it, obviously. Um, the other movie that I watched, which is Your Brain Needs to Be On for it, which I like. This was honestly the favorite, like my favorite movie out of the ones that I've watched since we talked last. I watched Margin Call, which have you even heard of this? Because I hadn't heard no, about it until the last week. It's a I have not. Okay. It's a movie that came out in 2011, and it's about the 2008 financial crisis. Ah. And it is the investment firm that figures out that and this sounds like so boring but it was like so engaging to watch it's the investment firm that figures out that mortgage-backed securities are a toxic asset before anybody else figures it out so huh. these are the guys to like high level it these are the guys that realize whoever acts on this first is going to crash the market and affect the entire u.s economy but they figured it out first so why not act on it to save themselves 
that's huh. kind of high leveling it really it's about all of these different like investment they're not bankers but they're investors you know and like investment firm guys and they're coming at it from all these different angles some of them are kind of what i just said you know like why don't we just save ourselves we're here to save the firm other people are like is this even ethical like is this the right yeah. thing to do if we're going to crash the economy and then other people are like well someone's going to do it so that whole movie i was just riveted and it was it's just guys talking like it's it's a bunch of guys in suits huh. talking for two hours and it was fantastic is it a documentary no or no, is no. It it's fiction? like it's a bunch of actors that i'm really bad with actor names paul bettany and zachary quinto and huh. uh jeremy irons and wow uh, okay. kevin spacey and like two or three others that i'm totally blanking on who they are it, it was like a really good cast but i think it was probably i don't know you hear watch a f- movie about the financial crisis i don't think most people are gonna like go spend money to see that in a theater yeah but that sounds like a really good movie i would be really interested to watch that yeah so i liked it i liked it a lot i'm really surprised that i liked it but that was like my favorite movie out of the bunch um the other thing that i watched which wasn't a movie but i finished westworld season two and i had kind of batched it i think when you and i talked about it a while ago i had watched the first five and so i went back and i watched the last five okay i knew you hadn't finished it yet and i haven't even started it yet yeah and so i just wasn't compelled to keep up with it this season obviously it took me like months and months between watching you know, in two different bursts of watching. I think one of the problems is that it's easier to set up mystery boxes than it is to open them. Mm -hmm. And everybody who deals with mystery boxes runs into this. Mystery boxes meaning like there's something that you don't know as the audience, right? That's really easy to set up. That's really hard to pay off. Yes, it is. They they also did jumping around in time again, but instead of doing like different timelines the same way they did in the first season, this season, and this isn't a spoiler because it's like very evident from the beginning, but they're jumping around to different points in Bernard's memories because his memories are kind of all fragmented all over the place. And as a mm. framing device, it was just annoying to me. Like as much as the multiple timelines in season one really worked for me, this is the opposite. I was like, why did they even bother with this? This is super annoying. Yeah, I could see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen any of it, so uh, I can't comment on it, but I can see how it would be really annoying. So there was one episode that was like head and shoulders above the rest. It was episode eight with Aki, I think is his name. He's um like one of the Native American members of the Ghost Nation. And he's he was in it last season, like just as one of the Ghost Nation members. Okay. But there's an episode that does a deep dive on his entire history in the park and the fact that he's almost never died in the entire time. So he huh. has this like extremely long memory where he really didn't get updated the same way that other people did, uh, like other hosts and stuff. That episode was just riveting, just beginning to end. And I wish they had done more stuff like that because I don't know. It was like it was engaging. It was engrossing. And I didn't look away. I didn't pause. I didn't like, oh, I'm going to go get a snack. Or I'm going to go to the bathroom. I was like, no, I'm watching this where that wasn't true for any other episode this season. That's crazy. Like that is good storytelling. You're right. That is a really good idea to do it. And those are some of my favorite episodes of TV shows are it's when they go and they do things that are a little different from the format, but make everything in it just about perfect yeah it was great like i would love to see more characters that are interesting and just focus on them for an episode so i don't know if we're gonna see that i mean a lot of this felt like a lot of the episodes outside of that one felt like they were just setting it up for season three which is Mm. kind of disappointing like they're setting it up for the rest of the series really at this point instead of making a really solid season of tv it was just like oh we have to wrap up things here now so we can move on to the next thing Uh, so that was the feeling i had um i also watched the vox media explained which is i think it's just called explained if you search (laughs) for it on netflix so it's a netflix original and you said you watched some of these too right i watched the first episode they had put up i can't even remember what it was about but i know we loved it okay so i watched all of them and there are varying levels of interesting um the one thing i would warn is that you can know too much about a subject to make it interesting because these (laughs) really are like primers on a subject so 
if you know something, you know, like I, you know, I don't watch esports, but I know esports well enough. I tried to watch their episode about esports and I was just like, really? Like, this is what we're talking about? Or like uh, the stock market. Like I knew, I don't know that much. I'm not like a super stock trader or whatever, but apparently I have way more knowledge than they were ready for, for that episode, because it was just like, here's how a stock works. And they give a little example of like a girl's lemonade stand. And I was like, are we, this is what we're doing? Okay. Um, But that being said, if there's a subject in those episodes that you don't know anything about, it is amazing. Like, it is such a good primer. So the two I wanted to call out were cricket. So, like, English cricket, <laughs> the sport. I knew nothing about it except that it's a sport and it's weird. And yeah, I feel like I understand, like, the basics now in a way that I never have in my entire life. And then the other one was K-pop. Like, I know what K-pop is. I know of K-pop. But I've never gone out of my way to research the culture or really anything about it except the fact that it exists and i kind of know what it looks like from the outside um yeah k-pop is probably the episode that i would recommend people start with because it's so interesting i have i don't i know nothing about k-pop like i know i know absolutely zero about it but there is a there is a it's becoming way more popular these days like so many people are just diving into k-pop and jennifer did a k-pop program at the library uh down here recently and she would wasn't expecting a whole lot of people there and she didn't know she was like this guy wanted to do a k-pop thing i i think he may have even been a professor at the university like and and his studies was in korean studies something and he did this presentation he did this thing and there were people losing their minds like singing along with it that that these it was mostly teenage girls uh but who were members of the teen program but like everybody had this great time like it was it was crazy how into it it was she said that that they were they were not just casual fans of a music genre that they were they were all in and that they and it was a happy all in it wasn't the kind of creepy all in that you can get sometimes with like uh and i hate to say this don't nobody out there be offended uh sometimes that you get with like doctor who fans where it's like all right, I'm going to step back just a little bit uh, just because I haven't watched the old Doctor Who shows. Uh, stuff like that. It's like, no, these guys were just all happy all the time, she said, and it was great. So I want to know about K-pop because I don't understand how it engenders that kind of, of fanaticism. And the same way that I didn't understand uh, My Little Pony and Bronies before I watched some of the documentaries and actually had some discussions with people who were bronies and went to conventions. And now I get it. It's not for me, but I get it and I understand why it's important to people. And I want to know that about K-pop. You should go watch the Explained episode on I'm Netflix very Originals will. about K-pop. Um, the other thing we should mention is that those are all like 15 to 20 minutes. They're not long. They're not full like hour and a half documentaries. They're not even a full half hour. Like they're really quick hits. They're almost YouTube video-esque, but like a little bit higher production qualities, basically. Um, and then speaking of YouTube-esque, um, GameScore Fanfare, and I told you to check it out. Did you get a chance to? I watched the, which one was the uh, the was Final the Fantasy Bravely? one? I didn't watch the Bravely oh, Default okay. one yet. I did watch the uh, Final Fantasy one one because the intro uh, description got me that I didn't know that the the Final Fantasy theme song, the the crystals, that the, the prelude, yeah. yeah, the prelude was uh, written in thirty minutes. Yeah, it's it's cool. So uh, GameScore Fanfare is a YouTube channel that I highly recommend. It does deep dives into video game music and it takes a piece of music or a motif or like a, a through line of music throughout a game or a game series and it just dives deep into it and covers it. And it's one of those that gives you... I don't know. I, I feel like there's really two ways when people are talking about music. One is like they play you a lot of clips and you're just sitting there listening to music. And the other mm-hmm. one is like talking about it and explaining it. So you feel like you're smarter and you know more at the end. I really like the second version. I I can't stand just like clips of music in isolation. I hate oh, radio, I either. by the way, like radio sucks. I it, It's not <laughs> for me. And um, that's a tangent. Says I'm not going to go video on. editor. Yeah. So, um, check out game score fanfare it's really good i i really recommend the bravely default one because it talks about how every one of the main characters gets a theme and that theme recurs in all of this different music throughout the whole game and then the ways that the theme plays into putting them into like the overcharged mode so like brave mode yeah you know and 
how that ties into the ending of the game too and like the last boss fight how it brings it all together in this epic piece of music it it was just it kind of blew my mind that one yeah i will i will absolutely watch that because i that was actually that the reason okay i don't even know how to say this I felt like the music in Bravely Default was absolutely fantastic, but there wasn't enough variety in it that they kept playing the same songs over and over again. And, and that'll be interesting to see that it was purposeful. Yeah, it, it really was. And there's a reason for it. And it's cool. Once it's laid out in front of you, like, oh, OK, I see what they were going for now. And, then- and I have to ask, I'm going to I'm going to I'm, I'm going to pull you into a tangent. I cannot I can't not ask and wait for a different podcast episode. You love podcasts so much more than any other person I know on earth, but you hate radio? Oh yeah, radio is horrible. That is such a bad format. Is it because of the advertisements and like FTC stuff that you have to do or like what's I'm so interested no, I have no interest in listening to somebody else's mix of music. I never have, and I never will. Uh, and okay, but you talk like talk radio? radio. To- no, talk radio is horrible. Talk radio so, is not what we're doing here. Like, no, it's not. It's not. No, but I like turning on NPR is, and just seeing what's on there. No, 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 no. They have to fill like X amount of seconds on the air. Just like you have to in news. I worked in news for years, and this is why I ended up hating it, too. It's the same thing that I I know I've talked to you about this on air with newspapers. You have X amount of column inches that you have to fill. Or we're digital now for the most part, but it still applies, right? You have to fill X amount of words or whatever that is. And that, by its very nature, changes the way that you approach creation of anything. TV, movies, video, you know, radio. Like, radio is so much open air that they just have to fill with junk it's just junk and then there's i mean there's ads on top of it ads are horrible but it's not the ads that ruin it for me it's everything else that has to do with the format and the structure it's the same reason that i don't watch tv like i haven't had a tv subscription since i left my parents house when i went to college the first time i've never subscribed to tv since then and i'm never going to we i i completely see where you're coming from that that the i I flip around radio stations if I ever have to have it on. Like we said earlier, I don't just listen to stuff like that or watch stuff like I'm purposeful in what I do. And uh, it's the same with TV. We didn't have TV. uh, We don't have TV for for all intents and purposes, but uh, we have it because it comes with our with our cable like it's cheaper to have basic cable than to just get Internet. And so we. we had had it to watch the Olympics and we had forgotten how many commercials and how hard it is to watch anything on broadcast TV because we're so used to streaming and having the format be more open and just better than what it was. So I do. I totally understand. I was just really curious. I didn't know what in particular made you hate radio because you listen to so many podcasts. You're such an audio guy and video guy. I was like, I don't I, I can't not pick at the scab i have to well there are so many things about it that are so different because of the format like it's focused almost every podcast is like zeroed in on something you know Mm -hmm. like you and i are actually fairly broad we talked about a lot of geek culture a lot of the podcasts i listen to are like this one is only about the stats in politics for like 538 or like i listen to so many different gaming podcasts but they all have their niche right like there's a playstation one i listen to there's a couple nintendo ones i listen to there are some that are slightly wider like a game informer podcast but it's still it's all gaming all the time you know yeah and if i'm not in the mood for gaming i just jump over to one of my non-gaming podcasts or if i don't like that particular topic or if i've already heard 10 podcasts that have talked about this game i just like skip ahead 10 minutes and i'm move on you know the other thing is that i listen to podcasts at well at least two times speed but after like the smart speed comes into effect it's yeah. more like two and a half or three times speed these days you can't do that on the radio like i'm not gonna listen to somebody find their thought i don't need that i don't need dead air um all, all right. of that all of those reasons there's more too that i'm not coming up with off the top of my head oh yeah yeah i'm sure i just i, I was really really curious about this because i know that whenever i'm explaining what a podcast is to people that the most basic way to to tell them is it's a radio show on the internet which is completely base and wrong but that's a a good 
springboard to letting people know what it is and like because i like things like npr when i'm just driving and then i'm like okay this bores me and change it to something else like i was really like i said i was just curious i wanted to know yeah in the last uh, 10 years 15 years the amount of radio i've listened to has been like a total of maybe 20 seconds like 10 seconds every time i buy a new car just to make sure that the radio works and then i never (laughs) listen to it again i get that i really do yeah, that that's it. Like I, I just hate that format. I, I drive in silence whenever I have long drives. It's either something streaming on my phone or in silence ninety five percent of the time. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's podcasts or music or silence, but not radio. I will never. No, no. I just don't turn on the radio. Yeah, you're right. No, never. Um. So anyway game score fanfare is good if you're interested in video game music to get back on track the other music thing since we're talking about audio here carbo hydro m i we haven't plugged it in a long time it's in the show notes every single week so our outro music comes from carbo hydro m and i asked him when we started the podcast if i could have permission to use it and he gave me permission which was amazing but yep. i hadn't gone back and listened to his stuff in a while even though i have it like i've downloaded most of it legally you know paid for it or free from him and uh, I just want to give him a plug because his stuff is so good. It's not all video game remixes, but it's mostly video game remixes. So if you kind of like the style of our outro, you should probably go look because there's a lot of really, really good stuff there. Um, most of it is on like YouTube and then slash user slash Carbohydro M or soundcloud.com slash Carbohydro M or Carbohydro Music on that one. Um, and the one that I really, really like, which might be my favorite song of his, is called Rising Sun, which is a remix of the Kingdom Hearts opening theme from the original oh. Kingdom Hearts. And it is one of my favorite, it, it is my favorite video game remix ever. And it's my favorite like Kingdom Hearts song ever is his remix of that one. It's so good. That's awesome. I'll look into that because my two favorites that I found of his are his Legend of Zelda remix Those and are really the good, yeah. and the Final Fantasy uh, seven like battle music remix that he did. Like it's fantastic. Yeah, all of his stuff is great. So anyway, I just want to plug that because I've been listening to it and it's our outro music. So give it, give him credit anytime we have an excuse. Um, I've been playing a bunch of stuff too. I I got back into Minecraft because my kids are playing it. And they've been playing it off and on for years, but this is the first time that they are actually playing it for real. Like they're building stuff meaningfully with intent, you know, it's not just placing blocks randomly or like blowing things up or honestly, most of what they had done before this latest round of getting into it was just like digging a hole in the ground and getting stuck and then coming to me and being (laughs) like, how do I get out of this hole in the ground? That's most of like from the time they were like three until now. Right. But suddenly something clicked and now they're building things. And every time I go back in to their server, it's like, what have you built? Like, show me all the things. And it's always cool. And they always have ideas. And it's it's that, you know, digital Legos that are unrestrained that's just so amazing to see and i love it when kids do that one of my friend's sons brought me into his room to show me the the minecraft stuff that he had he had made a while back and it was just really cool like he was so excited about it cool yeah no it's it's so fun to do that with the kids um and then i gave that just because i've been flailing around for something right i tried red faction gorilla remastered which is a Mm -hmm. dumb name but it's the remaster they called it the remastered edition and It just, I wouldn't, I I didn't buy it. I don't recommend buying it, but I owned this game on Steam from a long time ago and I owned the original one. So when the remaster came out, they just gave it to everybody who owned it on Steam already. So it appeared in my Steam library one day. I was like, oh, why not? And Hmm. it is still one of the best games for environmental destruction. Like, and I only bring this up because I want more modern games like this. I don't actually want any of you to go back and play it if you haven't, because it has weird controls that haven't aged super well and it is a product of its time. Um, you know, it's showing its age. But if you're interested in how fun environmental destruction can be when it's done correctly, like no game has done it as well since then. You've played this, right? Uh, yeah, long time ago. Like, I do not remember much about it. I have it on my steam yeah but i don't it's been i don't remember much about it at all well if you want to blow up buildings and stuff and actually see them crumble in i don't know if it's realistic but it's definitely a fun way in a way that like no one else is doing out there right now it's it's still there it's still solid um i played a bunch of polytopia on my phone so it's a mobile game and it's kind of like if civ were reimagined from the ground up for mobile i know there's a mobile civ version but that's kind of trying to take this giant PC game and cram it down until it fits on, you know, a mobile device. 
this is yeah. what if you just took the premise of building up a civilization how would that actually fit on the mobile so it has very limited amount of turns and there aren't a ton of actions but you get the same feeling that you get from civ in kind of a meaningful but quick way that's super fascinating to me the way that they did that and that's weird for me i don't know why civ is such an involved game to think about it being a mobile game is weird for me and it's not i mean it's not civ it's like a very simplified yeah, yeah. and like reimagined for mobile but in that same vein that sounds interesting it is it's good um i beat the four job fiesta which i never said even though it's been weeks and weeks this is my fifth time through the game um the only thing that like i didn't like about this playthrough was that i've seen this story so many times now that i wish i could skip cutscenes, and there's no way to do that in this game oh yeah I it's bet. the story's not bad i've just seen it I've, I've seen it a bunch now i don't really need to ever see it again i can just skip straight to the gameplay when i'm doing four job fiesta but those are kind of few and far between. It's fine. Um, I ended up with, if you don't remember, Knight, Summoner, Geomancer, and Samurai was my party. And I finished my run the week that you were away. So it's, it's yeah. been a couple weeks now. The Neo X-Dep kept getting me with the Amagast plus Grand Cross. So I what had happened was I had never gotten to him that early in the game before. So I reached him at level 39, which is the lowest level I've ever made it to the end boss in Final Fantasy V. Usually I'm in the 40s or 50s even by the time I get to him. So this was like super early for me. But because of that, because I kind of ran through it fast and more efficiently than normal, I learned a lot because of this year. And that's one uh, of the most fun things for me, right? Is like, what did I learn from the Four Job Fiesta? It's crazy to me how much, like, like we We've talked about before how much depth there is in it that you can play it five times and still be learning things about how to play it yeah so a bunch of things i learned that after world 2 geomancer isn't much more than whatever the second ability is that you give them like they lose their effectiveness very quickly in world 3 um in the future if i got geomancer i would probably job ferret and get something else that's more uh, interesting um golem as a summon is extremely good and i had never used him before because he's kind of a pain to get he shows up in i think it's world one it might be world two but he shows up and he shows up with a bunch of enemies and you have to defeat the enemies without doing damage to him and save him from the enemies even though he's on the opposite side of the screen from you hmm. that's how you get him as a summon and it was always wow. just kind of a pain to do it so i never did and Someone's like, you should really do that because I had Summoner this year and I did. And he's kind of amazing. Like he absorbs so much physical damage. So I much. got him while I was playing. I may have gotten him by accident the last time because I'm pretty sure that, yeah, I, I don't have an iOS device to be able to go and make sure. But I'm pretty you're saying that I'm like, I'm pretty sure I grabbed him as I went through on uh, the last time I played five. Yeah. Um. So Bahamut is also really good. I don't know if I had ever gotten him before in Final Fantasy V, but he does a ton of damage, and I ended up equipping him on basically everybody was a second job summoner if they weren't the primary summoner, just because Bahamut does so much damage. Yeah. And then um, I figured out this year I'd never really used gold hairpins before, and they're extremely good on all of the casters because they cut your MP use in half. So when you have a summoner, it is like the most MP intense class in the entire game. It's great to have gold hairpins on all of your summoners if you can do it. I've never used gold hairpins uh, on any Final Fantasy. Yeah, uh, and it's it's these little things that like I had to this year because of the way that my party landed. Um, you know, like I used Elven Mantle a bunch, which gives you a, a lot of extra like dodge chance. Like I never really used that before. Um, the Samurai's legendary weapon, and this was maybe what the coolest thing that I figured out. It can cast haste on anybody if you use it as an item instead of a weapon. It's like huh. what. I didn't know that. I, I had no idea. And like, I've gotten Samurai before, too. I think I used Samurai in my original playthrough, and then I got it in one of my past um, Final Fantasy, like, four-job Fiesta runs. And if you use that, it gives you yeah. haste. And um, you can cast it on all your teammates. So a Samurai can basically do the best thing that a Time Mage can do. And I had no idea. I, I had no idea, because that is the best thing that they can do, that and Sloga. Yeah, and th and then the other thing was like I really learned a lot about that last boss because I reached him so early. So Neo X Death, I could always get past the first X Death stage, but then when he turns into there's multiple phases to that boss fight. Um, when you get to the last phase, he would always knock me out. So what I learned through trial and error and struggling, a lot of struggling, was that Almagast does about sixteen hundred damage. And that becomes very important when you're looking at your party level and your health. So I only had one character whose max HP was above that. 
So what would happen was every time that I would get cast, it would knock out three of my four characters without fail. Huh. And once you figure it out, it's like, oh, okay, I got to go level up just a couple more times. But figuring out the exact HP amount that I needed everybody at made a difference, right? As soon as yeah. they were all above that, I took a run on the boss and I beat the game. That's that's awesome, though. Yeah. Well, and in general, I did a lot of racing bosses, which I had never had to do. And that term just means that, like, you don't really have healing, so you are going to do as much DPS as you can to them, and they're going to do DPS to you, and you just have to beat them before they can beat you with no healing. It, it's just yep. a race to kill the other person. And and sometimes you get lucky, and other times they completely trash you. Yeah, it was a lot of racing, a lot of racing bosses, this four-job fiesta, but it was a ton of fun. It was good to do. I'll probably do it again next year. I always have to see how my June is going when we get to that point in the year, but it's always so fun when I can make that happen. The last few years, I think the last three years, you've been able to do it i have it's been consistent so i hope i get to do it again next year and then the last thing the last thing i did since we talked was uh more eso i'm still playing it are you good yeah i'm slowing down on it so i i really like stealing and i like thieving a lot but then i was like oh i like this so much i should do the thieves guild and then i did and it's just not a structure that i find fun there's something about once they structure it and they're like we're gonna make it a stealth game and we're gonna like put I don't know. They don't change the systems, but they change the missions and the quests yeah. and stuff. And it it just didn't work for me, which was sad because I wanted it to. So you did? Did you end up finishing the Thieves Guild stuff? No. Or just so what bailing? happened was I sputtered out because you reach a certain point in that main quest line with that guild, and then you just have to go level up the guild outside of it by doing like oh. side missions and like repetitive dailies. And I I don't want to do that. Like I just want a mainline story. And if you're gonna make me do a bunch of they're not fetch quests but you know the equivalent of that like i'm just gonna tap out and not do it so that's what i ended up doing that's the kind of thing that makes it an mmo that there those kinds of systems don't exist in the normal elder scrolls games where you'll have gates but you won't have go grind this out until you get it back up and come back kind of stuff uh generally in a single player rpg where it it's just like it feels forced because it's an online game and there are those structures within mmos that people have to take yeah i've noticed things like things around the edges like that that weren't initially bugging me are now starting to and um i jumped over to the dark brotherhood storyline or quest i should say like the main quest line so far i'm really liking it but we'll see if i hit another roadblock the same way that i did with the thieves guild i might change my mind on that too that i'm 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 curious on how you're going to do with the uh, with the different DLCs because I've heard that they're hit or miss. That I I want to try the Clockwork City. That's one that I want to get into uh, because I love the Dwemer stuff and the Dwemer ruins. But I've heard literally nothing about it, so I don't know if it's a very good one. But I actually liked it on PS4 a lot better than PC. I grabbed it on PlayStation Network for ten bucks uh, last week, week before. I don't remember, but it was. Uh, I like it a lot better for some reason. ESO feels more like a sit on the couch with a controller game to me than uh, on the PC. I just like the controls better. And to me, Bethesda games are always going to be PC games. So I'm I'm not even going to try it just because I know it's not going to work for me. Yeah. But hey, if it worked for you, that's fine. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to work because it being an MMO and usually I don't like those UIs. But this one worked just fine for me. That's cool. The, the other thing I wanted to mention with ESO is it has like my favorite armor glamour costume system in an MMO ever. They have a whole thing with like outfits and any piece of armor you've ever picked up you like get the motif of it so that you can use that look in the future and then you can dye every piece individually you can also get a whole motif books which unlock like all of these armor variations around a specific look and feel it's usually based around like um a class or a heritage or like a race or something in the game which is really sweet but the thing that i like because you know that I don't chase looks in those games like other people yeah. do, right? No, you're not a cosmetics person, really. I'm not. And the true end game of any MMO is really, it's looking cool. So uh-huh. there are people that that's the whole game for them, especially when they hit end game. And I'm just not that kind of person. So ESO has costumes. Did you play around with these at all? Uh, not really, no. I, I put on a, uh, I think I got a dragon priest helmet that my Khajiit's wearing, but that's about it. So that's like uh like one helmet or like uh you know an outfit or whatever yeah but the costumes in the game are it changes all of your armor to be one look oh cool 
that's what I did. I just found one look that I like, and I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I never need to worry about my look again. And that's the kind of player that I am, which I know is going to kill some of you out there. Oh, to hear yeah. That. Yeah. Like, I put on one set of, like, thieves clothes, and I was like, yep, that looks sweet. That's what I'm going to be from now on. And then um, I got huh. the Darth dark brotherhood costume and i sometimes i'll switch over to that and then switch back to the thieves clothes they're actually really similar to each other but i've every once in a while i'll go like disable them and just see Uh, what i actually look like in my armor and i'm like no oh i'm sure it's painful yeah i have no interest in that part like whatever my armor can just be stats behind the the scenes i just want to look like a sneaky thief and i'm good to go Oh, I thought you said stinky thief. No, sneaky. Like, it sounded like stinky thief, and I was like, you want to look like a stinky thief. Okay, that's probably a good place to end it for the week. We just kind of jumped between lots of things. We'll have some kind of topic that's more cohesive next week, but we had so much to catch up on. You can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address, as always, is geek2geekcast at gmail.com, or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have longer discussion threads on the subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. And we also have some great discussions on slack and discord so if you have a discord account go to discord.geek2geekcast.com to join our server or you can make an account and if you use slack it works so do we so go to slack.geek2geekcast.com for an invite to our server there and like we've said before we're part of a podcast network so you can go to geek2geekcast.com to see all of our different shows I blog at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at GRN Mushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beach. That's Beach with two E's, and I blog at ProfessorBeach.com. We've been Void and Beach with your Geek to Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Bye, geeks. Maybe I'll remember not to say mustard at the beginning again. everyone i'm katie and i'm chelsea and we are the hosts of tea time with katie and chelsea we are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want katie yes stop thinking about zach efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about well we've talked about zach efron no get it together katie fine we've talked about fan fiction classical literature adaptations favorite tv couples and so much more so grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice is and download our podcast today. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek.